today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's becoming more and more bizarre, the uh, the news coming out of Washington over the last little while. U.S. President Donald Trump uh, is now calling the recent impeachment proceedings against him a coup that is intended to take away the God-given rights of American citizens. As you might have known, uh, Trump, of course, tweets on a consistent basis. Uh, it says, as I learn more and more each day, I'm coming to the conclusion that what is taking place is not an impeachment. It is a coup intended to take away the power of the people, their vote, their freedoms, their Second Amendment, religion, military border wall, and their God-given rights as citizens of the United States of America. That was a, a, Trump, a Trump tweet from uh, just a little while ago. Is it resonating? Uh, the numbers seem to indicate that more and more people seem to be on side with at least an impeachment investigation. Joining us to talk about this is Brian J. Karam, who's the executive editor of Sentinel Newspapers, White House reporter for the Playboy, and also a political analyst on uh, CNN. Brian, first of all, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad you could join us today. Oh, glad to be here. This is, this is a very fluid situation uh, with the tweets that are coming from the White House and, and the accusations, counter-accusations that are going first. Give, give me your read on, on what's going on here and, and who's winning this, this war of words. It's chaos in a blender. Uh, it's... <laughs> There's no other way to look at it. Donald Trump is doing what Donald Trump does on part of his tweet, having covered this presidency for two and a half years. There's nothing that he says that's accurate. There's nothing that the administration says that's accurate. You've got Pompeo. You've got the vice president. uh, you've, You've got Donald Trump. You've got William Barr all wrapped up in this. And it's going to be a very long, laborious process. The title that came to mind, and, and I'm old enough to remember, I was just getting into this business when Watergate was happening, uh, and of course yep. the subsequent book from Bob Woodward and, and, and Carl Bernstein was called All the President's Man. This sounds like the the redux of that. I mean, this is not just about Trump anymore, is it? No, it's all the president's wimps. These are people who could not get a job elsewhere, and these are people who are actually very, very good at being conniving, but not very good about doing their job. And I think it's, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost with this particular episode, but there have been so many uh, that have gone on in this administration that to single out one is is like, you know, picking one sand on a beach, one pebble of sand on the beach. Brian, how do you differentiate? I mean, I I, I think we all have a pretty good idea of the the caliber of stuff that, that Trump puts out here on a pretty consistent basis. But but there still apparently is a base out there that believes everything this guy says, everything that Bill Barr says, everything that Mike Pompeo says. That was the same you mentioned Nixon. Uh, that was the same with Nixon, too. Uh, I mean, in the beginning, Nixon had very favorable ratings as the impeachment inquiry began. It was only after Alexander. But, and remember, John Dean was thought of as, as a liar. Yep. Trump, uh, Trump. Nixon called him a liar. Then Alexander Butterfield came out and said, listen, there are tapes. And at that point in time, uh, the American public, for the most part, turned against uh, Nixon, and he had to resign. And I see the beginnings of that already. There are members of Congress and the Senate in the GOP who have had enough of this. And uh, Trump's calling it a coup when it's actually, this is prescribed in the, uh, this is a constitutional measure. This is prescribed under the Constitution. It's not a coup. And they did it to Clinton, and they did it to Nixon, and they did it to Johnson. It it is available in our laws to do this. So that tweet and the tweet where he actually encouraged the civil war is one that has begun to drive some of the members of the GOP away from him, 
And right now, if there were a vote for I they could indict him in the House. There will probably be an impeachment. Whether or not there will be a conviction in the Senate is anyone's guess. But at this point in time, there are some uh, Republicans who say they will vote for that. So it, it gets more interesting by the day, and Trump does himself a disservice every time he opens his mouth. And that's typical of Donald Trump. I know that there's been a lot of comparisons between Watergate and this, because there are, as you mentioned, some very close similarities here. Uh, but the tapes seem to be the, 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 the tipping point back in those days. Uh, and in, I guess the question an awful lot of people, as I watch a lot of the reporting on this over the last couple of days, Brian, on CNN and MSNBC and, and CBS, every place now, of course, are, are talking about this. Are we going to reach a tipping point there where even some of the most ardent Republican supporters in, in, in the Congress and the Senate are going to say, that's it, I'm out of here. I, I can't do this anymore. I think, you know, some, yeah, I think there are, that that will happen. Um, the question is whether or not it's enough to have him uh, removed from office. And that's the question that still can't be answered because they do not or have not, uh, this process is only beginning. So we do not have a uh, real sense of what information is out there and what evidence the Democrats will will get to press Donald Trump. But, yeah, I think that you eventually will see uh, people vote against him in the GOP because they've just had enough of him. What about, you talked about the information and the data and, and the evidence that's, that's going to be necessary for to move people like this. Uh, it, my recollection is that an awful lot of the stuff that was requested by the Congress back in the days of Watergate from Sam Irvin's committee, uh, they got it. I mean, they weren't these monumental court battles that seem to be happening. Essentially, the White House and the Trump White House, especially here, is just not playing ball with these guys at all. It's simply, first of all, they, the people that are being called are not showing up. Uh, there's no presentation of documents like this. This, If, if they're going to go through the courts, this thing could go on forever. Yeah, well, that's it is, <laughs> and it will. Um and that's, I don't imagine that Donald Trump will go gentle into that good night. Richard Nixon did not either. He thought that process was ongoing for a couple of years. And that this process is just getting started. I imagine that Trump will fight. But here's the thing. Now that it's an official impeachment inquiry, that gives the uh, Congress additional powers to secure information that they didn't have when it was just an informal inquiry. And like I said, it at the end of the day, it's Trump's tweets and Trump's own big mouth that's going to do him in. And I think that, you know, the Democrats are wise to keep their mouth shut and just let Trump continue to shoot himself in the foot and, and in other places in his anatomy. The strange thing about this is is his denial of the obvious, and I guess the most blatant example of that is, is the White House uh, document that was released last week about the phone call. And of course, it's not a transcript. I think they, we had to be quite clear about that. It's 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 just what right. they've given out so far. There may well be more to that phone call than we even know about at this stage. But what's well, there? there, what, there what, what what's there, Brian? Is pretty damning, and yet Trump says no, it's not. Yeah, Trump says it was a perfect phone call because he's delusional. I mean, he admits that there's a quid pro quo in the, tra- the quote-unquote transcript that they provided. And, yes, you're correct, but see, here's the thing. This White House never tells the truth. They told us that that was a transcript when they released it, but on the document itself it says it's not a transcript. Trump says it, it was a perfect phone call and that this should answer all the questions. 
but it was four or five pages condensation of a 30-minute phone call. So we're not getting the truth. We never have gotten the truth from this president or anyone in his administration, and it, it's, it's criminal. It's, and we'll see what the Congress does to put a stop to it, because right now, if the election were held today, Trump might well be reelected. Yeah, that's that's a pretty scary thought. Uh, I got to ask you about that element about what the Democrats are doing and how they're reacting. And obviously, uh, the major players here are a shift, obviously, from uh, the the committee that's actually going to do this and start the investigation. Nancy Pelosi, who pretty much gave it their blessing, S- very quiet though, uh, and, and noticeably quiet by the, and and maybe absent uh, because of their their solitude here. Are the other Democratic uh, people that are running for president, which I think is down to about nineteen or twenty now, it's hard to track them from day to day should 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 they be yeah, jumping in here baker's dozen <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much should should they be jumping in here they seem to be staying away and basically letting biden twist in the wind about this all by himself well i've often said that you know democrats are great about snatching uh, defeat out of the jaws of victory and uh i would i would say in this case they continue to the only thing worse than a Republican is a Democrat. The, Demo- the Republicans are going to hold their nose, probably at this point, and vote for Donald Trump, though they don't like him. And the Democrats are going to shoot each other in the foot trying to find the perfect candidate they'll never find. And the farther to the left they go, the more it encourages Donald the Trump supporters to reelect him. I mean, there are millions of people in this country who do not want to vote for Donald Trump, and, who did the first time. But they are never going to vote for a candidate who says, take away the guns and reparations for civil war. So, you know, I, I asked every one of the Democratic candidates at the last debate after Beto O'Rourke said that, do they think they can beat Donald Trump on that issue? And they did not want to answer that question. They, uh, they, have, they are not grasping why Donald Trump was elected the first time, and they do not know how to beat him this time. And by the way, I go back to that tweet that we began our conversation with. Um, here he is talking about uh, what he now calls a coup. But in the tweet, as as you, we just heard, Brian, he mentions uh, he mentions the border wall, the military, the religion, uh, the guns, the Second Amendment, which has got nothing at all to do with the the impeachment aspects of of this t- conversation. But he's no, he's throwing it all in there, trying to hit every base, uh, every element of his base, really. Yeah, he's hitting his. He's, he's basically, that's his, you know, the best of album. He, all his greatest hits, he plays every day. With that in mind, and him trying to solidify that base, and, and some of those evangelicals, and like you say, uh, the, the NRA members are, are probably going to stick with this guy no matter what. Uh, the way this is starting to shape up right now, uh, it, it looks to me anyway, as if the perfect candidate that Trump would love to run against is Elizabeth Warren, not Joe Biden. Oh, of course. He'd love to have Elizabeth Warren. He'd kick her butt uh, because she's perceived as a socialist and a and a far left, and all those swing votes would not vote for her. But here's the caveat to that: if in fact between now and then the economy tanks, uh, all bets are off. What are the indications? Because we've heard about some some elements of the economy that are starting to show some cracks in it right now. Uh, and the speculation yeah, seems to be not if there's going to be a downturn, but when it's going to happen. Um, that, there were uh, economic indicators came out yesterday, and um, the Dow plunged 350 points, and Trump blamed the Fed for that. 
there's only so much blame that he can pass around. He still wants to blame Obama, and he's been in office two and a half, going on three years. <clears throat> At some point in time, you wear out your welcome with that excuse. When people are putting less food on the plate and can't pay their bills, uh, suddenly uh, blaming Obama uh, is not going to solve the problem. So we'll see. That's, nobody prays for a bad economy. God knows I'm not, but that is going to be a telling point in the election, maybe more so than who runs as a Democrat. If the economy tanks, all bets are off with Trump. That's the, the James Carville factor, I guess. And it worked then, and it certainly yeah. would work in any election, I guess, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If, if you... It, it, go ahead. Go if, ahead if, okay, if you were advising oh. Adam Schiff, once this thing gets rolling, this and, and they start this impeachment inquiry, uh, who's the first guy you'd like to have sitting in front of this committee? i, I got to figure it's, it's got to be... Well, yeah, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. But i I got to think right now that it would have to be Rudy Giuliani. Uh, I think Giuliani would be good. Pompeo would be good. Um, <laughs> the Secret- uh, Secretary of State Pompeo would be good. Uh, Attorney General William Barr would be good. Uh, Vice President Pence would be good. Giuliani would be good. And Trump would be the get. But I don't know if they'll get any of them except maybe Giuliani. And just let him talk. Yeah, oh, God, yes. I mean, you know, the irony of Rudy Giuliani is he made his he made his bones, as it were, uh, convicting um, mobsters using the RICO Act, and the RICO Act may well be used against him. There's another element that doesn't get a whole lot of mention here, but I, I think it's probably still germane, and I'm sure there's some people in the White House that are still focused on this, is is while all this is going on, and, and the Mueller report seems to have faded into the distant past now, I guess, in many people's minds, uh, probably because most Americans didn't read it. I think most people in Congress didn't read it either. But with this new thing with Ukraine that's going on right now, if Trump were to lose this election, uh, with the investigation that's going on in the Southern District of New York right now, he, he is liable to be charged with a, a possible offenses uh, from that investigation. Uh, if, if you can't charge a sitting president, you can certainly charge a defeated president. Yeah, I think Donald Trump is basically running for re-election, so he stays out of jail. But... Um, I mean, I've had numerous sources in the White House, well, three, who said he doesn't really want to run for re-election. And I said, well, he's got to run for re-election. It's the only thing that's going to keep him from being indicted. So if he, if he is defeated or removed from office, then he has definitely opened uh, himself up for prosecution, and he probably will be indicted. If you've read the Mueller report, and I've read it three times, mm-hmm. there's at least ten cases of obstruction of justice in there, and then that's outside of what the Southern District of New York has going on. So he's his future doesn't look that bright. I, there's some speculation on social media, Brian, that I wanted to get your comment on as well, that, that if the, the news starts to tighten around Trump right now, that he will in some way, shape, or form try to cancel the 2020 election. Is, is that within his power to do? <laughs> no. And uh, I... <laughs> That rumor it should be put to rest quickly because I don't think even the staunchest, well, what I say this, there might be 5 or 10% of the people out there would go, Donald Trump, you got to keep him. But I think in reality that's, that is madness, and that is not what this country is about, and there's no way constitutionally he could do it. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, the people he surrounded himself with, Bill Barr, obviously, as the Attorney General, uh, and that's somewhat problematic because the Department of Justice should play a key role in this, but clearly, yeah, they're playing defense for Trump in situations like this. 
Uh, and I think a lot of people are looking at the fact that the Supreme Court is obviously tilted to the right now because of the last two appointees, uh, the Trump appointees to this. But but even John Roberts, the chief justice, has shown at times that, that that he may be a conservative, but that doesn't necessarily mean he always sides with a, with a Republican president. Well, he may be a conservative. That doesn't mean he's going to side with Trump. Trump is not a conservative. He's not a traditional uh, Republican conservative. Donald Trump is his own entity, and he's out there for one person, Donald Trump. And that's, um, I, I think, John Roberts being the Supreme Court justice and the chief justice is a little smarter than donald trump and and sees and hopefully will continue to put country ahead of party because once you're a a supreme court justice it's not supposed to be about the party it's supposed to be about the country well it's fascinating to watch as i say as a student of politics and and a fascination to see what's going on in u.s politics because obviously it has an impact of not just in the states but right around the world brian i always enjoy your reporting and and your commentaries on this and it was a pleasure having you on the program thanks so much for this today well thank you i'd like to say one real quick thing yeah Uh, listen to the podcast at justaskthequestion.com and then today is the one year anniversary of the death of Jamal Khashoggi, and I hope everyone remembers that uh, a free press is not free and that there are people who have given their lives, and uh, we should remember those who have. I'll check that out as soon as I get off the air today. Brian, thanks as always. I hope we can talk again soon. Anytime. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.